Welcome to the Rhythm of Us podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. This year, we're releasing a book we've been pouring our hearts and souls into for quite some time. It's called The Rhythm of Us. It releases November 9th and is available now for pre-order wherever you get your books. Throughout this season, we'll be exploring the five rhythms from our book, as well as sitting with and learning from wise leaders, mentors, and friends in our life about the intentional rhythms that can lead us closer to God and closer to each other. Today, we're chatting with Christy Wright, number one best-selling author, personal growth expert, and host of The Christy Wright Show. We talk with Christy about how to identify what balance looks like in each season, how to find peace even in chaotic times, and how to be present for your life and actually enjoy it. What if balance isn't so much something you do? What if it is a feeling you can create where you could be really busy and still feel that sense of balance? What if it looks more like I'm confident in how I spend my time? What if it looks like being happy? What if the synonyms to balance aren't walking a tightrope, spitting the plate, but those words instead, peace, happiness. And I have found that it really comes down to doing the right things at the right time. We hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did. Listen in. All right, Christy, well, welcome to the show. We are so glad you're here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this. Yeah. Absolutely. Glad we're making it happen. All right. So we got a lot to cover. You've written this brand new book. It's really exciting and I can't wait to dive into it. It's really, really good. We've, we've got it here and just love flipping through the pages and reading what you wrote. I think it's going to help a lot of people. But before we do that, let's take a second here. I mean, you are a Ramsey personality. You are a mom of three. You're a wife. You're a best-selling author. Was this the, like the game plan from the very beginning of your life? How did you get here? Can you believe as a kid, were you dreaming of this moment? No, to be honest. (laughs) I thought I was going to work at an advertising agency in New York, you guys. Like, it's like, I (laughs) never saw my life turning, taking, you know, this path. But what's cool is, you know, I think in hindsight, you see God's hand in different seasons that Mm -hmm. in time felt like they maybe had no purpose at all. And what's cool about specifically about this book, I think, and the topic of life balance is this was one of the first topics I ever spoke on ever as a professional speaker. And what's really funny is I kind of, got into speaking accidentally. There was this conference. They needed someone to fill in for Rachel Cruz, Dave Ramsey's daughter. And I was like, I'll do it. And they're like, can you speak? I was like, I think so. I'd never spoken in my life. And and so that led to me kind of speaking on the side for our company. And again, this was before Ramsey Personalities, before all this. And what's interesting is when they started this speakers group that fall, after I kind of just filled in, um, all of the other speakers had certain messages in certain markets. And so like this guy spoke on this topic to this group of people and and so on. And I was the only one that didn't. And so I kind of became this catch-all, like any weird requests for any topic, for any audience. They're like, Christy, you'll do it. What's so funny is uh, as weird as it was, and I have got stories for days that we don't have time for, but as weird as that was, it became this incredible training ground as a speaker. And so it's like, can you speak on high school bullying? Yes, Christy can. And Christy and I go research and, you know, can you speak on corporate change to Verizon? Yes, I can. And, and so I started learning how to adapt different messages for different markets. But what's really cool is one of the very first requests we got was, do you have anyone that speaks on life balance? And we said, well, sure do. Christy Wright, who's 28 and doesn't have kids and is not married. <laughs> I started, I started researching this topic. And um, I remember specifically one of my first events where I spoke on this topic Um, and I, you know, done some research and tried to add new angles to it and and new insights and that type of thing and personal stories and and so on to give a good talk on it. 
But I remember one of my very first events was at Purdue University and it was a women's event. And I spoke on this topic of life balance. And this woman came up to me afterwards and y'all like, I may get choked up when I tell the story, but she had tears in her eyes and she said, I want to do what you're saying, but I don't even know how to do that mm-hmm. because it's been so long since I've even considered what I want for my life. I have been showing up for everyone every day for years, going through the motions, being the responsible wife, the responsible mom, filling snack orders, running errands. I've lost myself and I don't even know how to do that. And there was something that happened in me in that moment that I thought I can't relate in that specific scenario, but I can relate to that feeling of wanting to spend your time on what matters to you, but not really knowing how to do that and getting so easily distracted by the demands. But it ignited a fire in me because I realized this is a pain point in the world. And we began to get speaking requests. I mean, I've been doing it for over a decade now on this topic. And I'm at, it's the number one question I'm asked y'all everywhere I go, every media mm-hmm. interview, every speaking event, every panel, every Q&A, how do you balance it all? How do you balance it all? And so if this is a pain point in our audience, regardless of how people feel about the topic, and people have mm-hmm. lots of feelings about those words, <laughs> life balance, we got lots of right. feelings. Right. It's clearly a pain point that needs to be addressed. And so for me, this is honestly, this book is, is truly without exaggeration been 10 years in the making. Now it's taken on a whole different level with me with three kids and um, uh, traveling and all the things that I do as well. It, it has a different level of, uh, oh my gosh, this is so hard, but it's something that's been in me for a long time. That's so cool. And I love in the foreword written by Dave Ramsey, he talks about <laughs> hearing you choose this topic and really trying to talk you out of it. Can you tell us about that? Sure can. Sure can. Um, <laughs> let me just tell you, there's a real pattern in Dave and I's relationship. And that is that I tend to choose topics that he hates. (laughs) The fact that he hates these topics doesn't deter me one bit. I'm like, I'm going to win him over. So just how much does he hate it? It's taken 10 years to get this book published. So just to give you a little backstory. Um, But it's this fun banter. I mean, it's a healthy banter. It's like, he's like, I hate those words. There's no such thing as balance next. You know, and I'm like, oh, but people need help with this. So it it, it has been funny. I remember um, in 2013, when I'd been speaking on this topic for years, you know, he he came to me and he said, I want you to speak it on True Leadership Master Series. We got to figure out what your thing is. I said, I I know my thing. And he said, well, what is it? I said, life balance. And he said, okay, well, you know, deliver this talk at our Entree Leadership Master Series. And that's when he did kind of like, I think kind of internally roll his eyes like, yeah, we're going to see how this goes, you know? <laughs> and y'all, it was a huge hit. We had never talked about that topic at this business event. I mean, it was a pain point. It was one of the top rated talks still is to this day. And I think it opened his eyes to th- how deep that need was. And, and he he's a problem solver. He's an entrepreneur. He's like, I want to address needs. But also he did appreciate, I think, I I think I earned the right to because I took it from a different angle. And I'm like, let okay, balance as the world sees it is like we're going to do everything for an equal amount of time is not possible or desirable. But it doesn't mean balance isn't possible in a different way. And so I've really been on this path to redefine it and, and in a way set people free, not add to the burden of how difficult it is or the pressure we feel. Instead, I want to take the burden out of it. I want to take the guilt out of it. I want to set you free to not try to do everything, but to do the right things. But what's cool is, y'all, when you do the right things and you get to decide what those are for you, you feel balanced. You go, yeah, okay, this feels right. I feel at peace. I feel confident with how I'm spending my time. It's just a different take on the word, if that makes sense. Yeah, 
Love it. So basically what you're saying is if you ever go to Dave and say, I've got this idea, and he goes, I love it. You're like, I'm not writing that book. <laughs> no way. I don't know. Everybody has, everybody has a different relationship with Dave. Everybody has a different path. Mine just tends to be the path of most resistance. I don't know why I choose that path. I do love a challenge. I'm an Enneagram 8, but man. <laughs> yeah, it's your, it's your call in life. Okay, well, let's dive into it. Tell me about this book, Take Back Your Time. Like you said, it's years and years and years in the making, but uh, talk to us about it. You know, one of the things that I have realized about these words, life balance. They're very, very triggering for people. So if you ask someone, how do you feel about life balance? You get everything from eye rolls to like, oh, or it's not possible. Or I feel like it's very emotionally triggered, emotionally charged as a word. And, and it's always used as a verb. How do you balance it all? Right. It's, it's used as a verb. of how, And we've got all the analogies. How do you keep all the plates spinning? How do you juggle all the balls? Which balls are rubber? Which ones are glass? Which ones can't break? Which ones can bounce? I don't know. I'm going to walk a tightrope and spin the plates and juggle the balls. That feels exhausting. Yeah. It feels hard. It feels risky and unpredictable. And like I can do all that and still not feel balanced. Mm -hmm. And so I started asking a different question. What if balance isn't so much something you do, how you balance it all, what if it is a feeling you can create where you could be really busy and still feel that sense of balance? Mm -hmm. What if it looks more like peace? What if it looks more like I'm confident in how I spend my time? What if it looks like being happy in your life? What if the synonyms to balance aren't walking a tightrope, spitting the plates, but those words instead, peace, happiness, confident. Mm -hmm. And so it sent me down this path of, well, what leads to that? What leads to this peace, this confidence, this you know happiness in your life? And I have found that it really comes down to doing the right things at the right time. Life balance isn't doing everything for an equal amount of time. Oh, 15 minutes of quiet time, 15 minutes working out, 15 quality minutes with my kids. 15. That's not realistic. It's not desirable. You would never be able to have focus. You would never create momentum. You would never be able to make progress in any one area of your life that really needs you to go all in. So I don't think it is doing everything for an equal amount of time as we imagine it. That's not balance. I think it's doing the right things at the right time. But when you do the right things at the right time, you actually feel a sense of balance. So when, when it's a crazy work season, like I'm going into right now, and I'm spending my time on work, and I have decided intentionally, this is the season for this. What's right right now is this then I, it gives me permission to shake the guilt for all the things I'm saying no to, whether that's a clean house or time with friends or working out, because I've intentionally said no. I never put pressure on myself to do all those things right now. They're not right right now. What's right right now is in this crazy season of work. But when you do what's right at the right time, you feel that sense of balance. There are other seasons where I'm all in with my kids or I'm training for a marathon or I'm, I just got back literally last night at 10 o'clock from four days with my girlfriend celebrating my friend that's getting married. I'm a bridesmaid in her wedding. What's right right now? When you do what's right at the right time, you feel that sense of balance and it shakes the guilt and gives you permission to be present, to experience and enjoy the moment that you're in. And as simple as that sounds, when you break it down and do it, it is so practical. It is so tactical. And y'all, it works. You feel that sense of balance you've wanted all along. That's awesome. And, you know, obviously this is something you're very passionate about. And I'm guessing that it comes from you know, how you found a path towards that piece you're talking about in your own life. Will you talk a little bit about 
how that journey's looked for you personally. You talk in the book about having a moment that was kind of this like, all right, things have to change moment. Would you talk about that for us and just kind of unpack it personally? Yeah, I, I think that um, I, I'm, I'm a hard worker and like a lot of people that are watching and listening. And so my solution was always just to do more, run faster, try harder, wake up earlier, stay up later. It was always just like, I just need to try harder. Yeah. The solution to my time problem was that I needed to try harder. I needed to be more efficient. I needed to be more productive. I needed to manage my time more micromanaging. And y'all, it was that day that the opening of the book that I talked about that I realized I can be as productive as I possibly can, as efficient as I can. I can multitask. I can work smarter and harder and all of the things and still not feel balanced. And I realized that it's not just a schedule issue. It's a heart issue. And so it led me down that path to discover what would that look like to feel free, to feel happy, to do the right things, because the confines of our time are absolute. These are not up for debate. We all get 24 hours in a day. There is nothing that you can do to change that. And I think that we tend to think that the solution to our time problem is more time. The solution to our time problem is more productivity, more efficiency, work harder, work smarter, all the things. And y'all, we can do that. And we try to do that. And we still feel as if something's not right. And by the way, we're exhausted because we're just mm -hmm. running ourselves into the ground. And so if the statement is true, which I believe it is, which is the thesis of the book, life balance is doing the right things at the right time, then what gets us out of balance? I really boiled it down to four causes. Doing too many things, not doing enough things, doing the wrong things, and not doing the right things. And those are all slightly different and different people may struggle with different, different ones or multiples. But what's interesting is when you do too many things, like you're just running hard, you're getting three hours of sleep at night because you're just trying to run faster, you're never going to feel balanced. You're just, you're trying to do too much. That's probably what a lot of people struggle with. Not doing enough things. That would be what many people experienced during the pandemic. At first, it was exciting. We had a clear plate and we loved the freedom and the simplicity. But after a while, we got bored because you need outlets to pour yourself into things that bring you joy or maybe different people in different seasons of life feel that someone moving to a new state might feel lonely and they're not, they're not doing anything and they feel out of balance in, in the opposite way. Doing the wrong things. If you work at a job that you hate, it doesn't matter how perfectly you manage your calendar. If you spend a large portion of your time on something that you don't like that does not matter to you, of course you feel out of balance because you're spending your life on what doesn't matter to you, that you don't love and value. And then lastly, not doing the wrong things. If there are things that do bring you joy, that do make you come alive, that are extremely important to you and you never spend time on them, then of course you feel out of balance. And so when we start to understand what gets us out of balance, it helps us understand what we need to do, what changes we need to make to get back to balance and do the right things at the right time so you can feel that sense of balance you've been looking for. Hey guys, thanks again for listening. We'll get back to the show in a minute. But real quick, just want to remind you to pre-order a copy, or two or three, of my parents' new book, The Rhythm of Us, from your favorite retailer. All right, let's get back to the show. So when you unpack these four, I love that. I think it's really practical. I think everyone listening right now is going like, okay, pretty quickly I can identify the one that I have to work on first. But... Where you're sitting, and I know you've talked to thousands of people, you talked, this is the number one thing that keeps coming into your world. Is there one particular of those four that you go, OK, 
gosh, this is the one that people have the hardest time with, you know, and I know everyone's situation is different, but is there one of those four that you find like generally is the one that keeps coming? Can I tell you something crazy? I just learned this last week. This is so, this is so weird. And I, I was totally surprised by it. We did an internal survey. So I had this like quiz assessment on like why you're out of balance and we were testing it internally with our teams just to see like, are the results, you know, populating like we want them to and all that. And I was talking to Christina, who's our marketer. And I said, did everybody get the same one? To your point, did everybody get like option A, I'm doing too many things. And she said, no. She said it was very equally split between the four. And here's what's fascinating. And I mean, I want to spend some time digging into this because I don't know the answer to this. It correlated by team. It's like all the creative team had this answer and all of the marketing team had this answer and all of the development team had this answer. I was like, isn't that bizarre that like, because teams do tend to have a similar personality, like creatives are all kind of the same. You know what I mean? Developers are all wired. Creatives are interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that funny that they all had, I mean, overall the same answer. So I don't, I don't know how the general population would relate. I can only speak to my experience and my experience is this. I do too many things. And because I do too many things, including a lot of the wrong things, I don't have room for the right things. And so my solution is to cram more in, not like, oh, I, I need to work out. So I'm not going to cut something out to work out. I'm just going to cram working out and I'm just going to wake up at 3 a.m. instead of 4 a.m. You see what I'm saying? Like I get to these extremes of like, I, I won't say no. I won't cut out. I just, I won't edit. I just cram more in. But that's my personality. Someone else may struggle with something else. I, I do know people, for example, that people that have become an empty nester and their kids are off to college. And they are now in this season of like, I was consumed with my children and now I have all this time and I feel like I've kind of lost myself. People that retire, they feel like they've lost a piece of their identity of like, now I have all this time. Now what? And they feel out of balance, almost in a lost kind of way of like, what does this new season look like for me in my life with the time implication on it? And that's the reason that I think seasons, and we can talk about this later, but seasons is a big piece of what we're talking about because it's not a set it and forget it. This is what matters to me all the time. What mattered to me in high school is very different than five months ago is different than five minutes ago, you know? And so for us to understand what's right right now is different than what used to be right and what will be right in the next season, especially if you have kids, as your kids are in different developmental stages, their needs are very different. Your work has different demands on you. So I do think what, back to your question, which one is a problem for us may change depending on the season and the struggle. Yeah, that's really good. What what advice do you give to somebody who's coming to you saying, I have no clue. I've given every you know bit of me to my kids or to my work or whatever it is. And now I'm in this season, like you described, where I have time or I'm, you know, I have the ability to find those things that bring me peace and those things that matter most. What advice do you give to them to find those things for themselves? Well, the great, the great news, as I've laid it out in this book, because I like to take concepts that are kind of elusive, that are kind of like warm and fuzzy, but you can't pin them down and make them tactical. Because a lot of people are like me, they're like, tell me what to do. Tell me the steps, yeah. tell me the plan, I'll do it. And so this idea of life balance is kind of the shadow that haunts us. You know, we always, we don't know what balance is. We just know we don't have it. right? <laughs> and so I was like, I want to, I want to nail this down. I want to define it. Here's what it is. It is doing the right things at the right time. Here's what gets in the way of that doing too many things, not enough things, the wrong things, not the right things. But what's incredible is if the solution is doing the right things at the right time, which I believe it is, then the solution is the same for everybody, regardless of what gets in the way, regardless of what season you're in. And that's why I laid out the path to balance in this book with these five practical steps. So what I would say to anyone, like the person you just described, is what I would say to everyone, 
which is to start at step one and figure out what matters to you. Now, a great way to do that for someone that's overwhelmed, maybe they're a you know empty nester, newly retired, um, or someone that's just in a new season, like someone that just had a baby. They're like, I have totally lost myself. I'm consumed with this newborn. I don't even know who I am anymore. This can get us for a lot of different reasons. But a great exercise that you can do that I walk people through in the book is to think about who you want to be. So like, like, what do you want to be known for? See, when we think of our time, it's like, oh, well, what can I cram in here and a meeting here? And I need to add more of this here. Let's, let's zoom out of the weeds. Let's get out of the weeds of the calendar and appointments and commitments and responsibilities. And let's back out and say like, hey, this is your life. Who do you want to be? What, what do you want to be known for? What do you want your reputation to be? What type of person, man or woman, do you want to be? And maybe who you want to be in this season is different than who you wanted to be. And I don't mean who we actually are changes. And obviously our worth and our identity does not change, but what we want to be known for. And when you have this almost step outside your body experience where you go, I want to be known for being hardworking. I want to be known for being present. I want to be known for being generous. I want to be known for being fun. You know, whatever those things are for you. When you step back and write that list, and I recommend people write down three to five adjectives, just three to five, not 35. We're not trying to add to the overwhelm here. What are the top three to five things you want to be known for, even specifically in this season? Mine are, you know, they're probably true overall, but some may have more of a focus than others in different seasons. What do you want to be known for? Well, then you start to make decisions about your time that allow you to be the person you want to be. And notice I didn't say, who do you think you are? Who do you want to be? Because we really are, in a practical sense, through the practical lens, a result of our actions. So you can take different actions and you get a different result. You literally can become the person you want to be. So I hear women say all the time, for example, I'm not a fun mom. I'm just not a fun mom. I'm not a runner. I'm not a business person. I couldn't pull that outfit off. You know, they we have these labels and limitations in our mind about ourselves. Then we live within them. We act in line with that. You can do something different. Go do something fun. And then guess what? You're a fun mom. You just became a fun mom. You just decided because you did something fun. And so I encourage people, write down a list of adjectives of who you want to be. And when you decide who you want to be, that will then inform what you need to do, the types of things you want to spend your time on that allow you to be the person you want to be and live the life you want to lead in a very practical way. That's good. Love it. Well, we live here in Franklin, Tennessee as well. And, you know, you can't go to a store without running into a Ramsey team member. You know, they, <laughs> it's just so true. They're everywhere. Maniac's chicken, man. I've never been to Maniacs and not seen my coworkers. Yeah. Every time. I mean, it's real. The why they're everywhere, but it's great. But, you know, you get to build friendships and relationships. And I just know how hard that team works. And I know, especially how hard, you know, being friends with a couple of the personalities, how hard you guys work and the travel that it takes and the speaking. But, it's so interesting to me that this book, and I'm imagining that a lot of the time put on it was you're, you are one of the things pers- people don't know, personalities speak all over the place all the time. And that valve just got 100% turned off in the pandemic, from what I understand. Right, right. And so you're writing this book, you're not speaking. It was it was a, a kind of a, a God moment for you to get the opportunity to write this book and when the no speaking happened and slowing down and kind of getting your time back. What was that process like for you over the last year and a half or so as the speaking kind of completely shut down and you go to digital and then you're writing this book? What was that whole entire process like for you? 
You know, it's so interesting you say that because I'm trying to think back on last year, which feels like five years I know. ago in a way. <laughs> Time a is so off right now. So when the pandemic hit in March, it was like everything was like for everyone. Everything was clear. But what's interesting is the way that we operate, we don't just, I know you're shocked by this, but we don't just like roll over, right? So we're like, and things back up for like six, eight, 10, 12 weeks, but it's backing up. It's not going away. A couple things went away, but we're like, we're rescheduling, moving, pivoting, adapting. We're going to do live stream. Like we're not just giving up. And so what happened is I went from like nothing in the spring and summer to everything in August yeah. and December. And the irony is I wrote this book because with the way the approvals and the, the process, the just, you know, whatever outlining, I started writing it when things got insane. I wrote this book when I was living out the very things my reader is feeling. And that came through on the pages. Like I was feeling the overwhelm. I was feeling the tension. I was telling some stories and chapters in real time, getting a, an email from my son's soccer team that needed a coach and like the tension I felt that was happening in real time. And so in a sense, it was incredibly relatable and, and, and held me accountable to the empathy for my reader, even in a busier season. But I think we all have these seasons where it's like, there's seasons where things slow down and things seasons when things get crazy, neither, none of them define you. You're not lazy when they're slow and you're not the the star of the world when they're busy. Our, our identity doesn't come from that. But I do think there was something visceral about the writing because of the timing, because it actually wasn't slow. It was just a different type of busy of at home, pivoting, adapting, live stream, all of that. So it, it, it was a challenge in a whole new way. No, that's cool. Thanks for, thanks for answering that. So we've got couples that are watching, you know, we're, we're here, you know, spiritual growth for couples or whatever. Yep. So how does a couple kind of engage with this message, this whole idea of taking back your time, working together to help each other take back their time? I know that's always a thing, right? It's like, well, you're yeah. doing this and I'm doing this. And how, how does a couple manage this? Yeah, great question. So I actually created a workbook that go. it's just a free digital download that comes with the book, the manuscripts. And when that comes out, like people can go to christywright.com, I think, and, and download it. But the workbook goes chapter by chapter with the book. And there are challenges and action items and worksheets that go with every chapter because it's very tactical, especially like write a list of what you want to be known for. Here's how you fill out your calendar, that, like practical things. But in almost every chapter, I'm reminding my reader, do this with your family. Do this with those you share your household with. Even a single mom that has a teenager, sit down with your teenager and go, hey, what's really important to you in the season? What's really important to me? What are your soccer games you want to make sure I'm at? What are the ones that it's like, it's not a big deal if I miss it in case I have something going on? Like, let's talk about our individual priorities separately and then talk about them together. And what's so amazing is, especially in couples, it gives you language to talk about something so incredibly important, just as important as your money, if not more important, because it's more finite, you can't get more of it. And so it gives you conversation topics like, okay, you write down this list, have your spouse write down this list, and then talk about it together and come together. My husband and I really do this. We do it at the beginning of the year and we check in in every different season. So at the beginning of the summer, we say, hey, what do you want this summer to look like? And actually visualize it. I learned this from my friend, John Deloney. Don't just say, I want it to be fun. Because fun for me is different than fun for my husband, turns out. Right. Like, we need to visualize it. It looks like every Friday night we get pizza and have a picnic on the back deck. It looks like having no one come up over nothing to do. It looks like, what does it look like to you? And when you begin to have this conversation with your spouse, y'all, it brings you so much closer together as a team. But what's so cool is it protects you 
against resentment when things don't go like you wanted them to go because you didn't communicate or take the time to get on the same page. So it's an incredibly practical tool to bring you together as a couple, but also manage your shared calendar together because it's not just your time. If you have a family, it's your family's time as well. And there's implications. If I go do, if I go run at 5 a.m. and Mary Grace cries, Matt's up with her. And so out of respect for him, I talked to him, hey, are you cool if I go run in the morning? And vice versa when he goes to Orange Theory and so on. So it just gives you language and almost like a exercises and rhythms to get in the habit of. Every Sunday night, Matt and I say, hey, what's going on this week? So for example, this week, he's traveling Tuesday, Wednesday. So I know Tuesday, Wednesday evening, I'm on duty by myself. I've got the three kids. I've got bath, dinner, bedtime, all that by myself. You know, we're doing, it's just, it's, it's Grand Central Station when you're, when you're a busy person, but it's a great tool, even if you don't feel incredibly busy, just to bring you together as a team. Yeah, I love that. That's so important. Yeah, it's so good. Well, Christy, thank you so much for writing this book and for sharing with our audience. Before you go, we like to ask three questions real okay. fast. It goes like this. First one, what's a book that's changed your life? Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Hands down, please read it. Yeah, that's great. We had him on to talk about that when it came so out. Good. Such a great book. I yeah. just reread it over and over again. You can tell I made that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, second question is, what's a habit that's changed your life? Actually, this simple morning routine, um, I wake up before my kids. Um, if you're a parent, uh, if you're not a parent, that may not seem like a big deal. If you're a parent, it changes your life. I don't care if it's 10 minutes. Wake up as you because it reminds you, you are you outside of your children. And it, it's easy to forget that. So you don't wake up to sippy cup demands and where's my clean clothes. You wake up as you and you can have a, a cup of coffee in silence and let it drink it while it's hot. Imagine that. Or time with God or plan your day. Wake up before your children if you have children life-changing. Huge. Yeah. If your kids are asking for clean clothes, you're winning. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Does it fit? Is it on your body? Like, I know. Good. It's probably, it's probably not clean. It's probably more specific. Where's my tie-dye shirt? Yeah. Right. Where's this on it? thing oh. I need right that now? Shirt. This is like so funny. All right. Final question. Uh, what advice would you give to the younger you? Oh, I talk about this in the book and it's something that's a, still a struggle, but I would say be where your feet are be present. You know, when we're teenagers, we want to be in college. We're in college. We want to make real money. When we're, you know, young, we want to be married. When we're married, we want kids in a bigger house. And it's, I write about this in the book as well, but it's like, it's like that country song, you're going to miss this. And I look back and it's like, I see how I always wanted the next thing. And then I'm guilty that even now going, oh, well, well, when my kids are easier, when, when I don't have diapers, when, when they're not in car seats and I'm instead trying to go, what's beautiful about now. And I, I don't want to miss those snuggles, all the, all the good things about this season that I'm in and their little pajamas and whatever. So just being present as simple as that is practically living that out. I love that. That's so great. Yeah. It's so good. And so true. All right. Where do you want people to come find you, follow you, say hi, look you up all that. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Well, everything's at christywright.com. Christy with an H, right with a W. And then on Instagram, it's at Christy B. Wright. And that's where I hang out most of the time. Perfect. We'll link to all that in the show notes. Thank you so much. This was such an honor to have you on. We appreciate who you are and what you do and all that you do to encourage people. Oh, y'all are amazing. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Rhythm of Us. You can find all the resources and links mentioned in today's episode over at our website, therhythmofus.com. We hope you'll check those out as well as our new book, The Rhythm of Us, which is available for pre-order now wherever you like to get your books. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thanks again for joining us, friends. Until next time.